Hello, you're listening to Eve, Where Are You? A show designed to confront toxic practices against women in the church. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Davis, conflict coach and resolutionist. All right, we're back for another episode of Eve, Where Are You? Tony Davis is with me again, my husband. And if you have been following so far, you know that we have really been going into the scriptures, starting with Genesis. And we've taken some of the key or core scriptures that are used to let women know uh, by no uncertain terms that you are not needed nor wanted to deliver the word of God to declare or proclaim Jesus Christ in any way. And so in the last episode, when we were wrapping up with First Timothy, we felt like we wanted to circle back and kind of hit all of these scriptures again, um, just with a summary and to, to point out a few more things that we didn't have the time to go into as it relates, whether it's to Genesis, First Corinthians, or First Timothy. So we're going to do it today. Hopefully, We'll be able to get through it. If not, um, this is a, a podcast that can just continue because the conversation around women, uh, there's a lot of depth to this. There are many layers and dimensions to it. And we really want to make sure that women feel equipped in order to, to critically think about these scriptures and think about the impact that they're having on their lives, whether they're in church or uh, in the marketplace and how it is to determine who they are, what God has called them to do, and how best to defend what they believe God is saying about their lives. Because we only have one life, and it is really important to be clear about how it is that we want to live it and to not give our power to someone who has not done the due diligence to make sure that they are using these scriptures accurately to tell us what God is saying about who we are and how we can best serve him. You know, this is really important because while we are discussing this and, and having an, uh, an, an overview of these topics or the, the scriptures that we've discussed here, the reality is this. Women who are listening to this will have to learn how to apply it. And hopefully they'll have men in their lives who can support them in that endeavor. But this is not easy because society is really not on your side. And unfortunately, what we call the uh, church, especially here in, in America, for the most part, people are not on your side. So you have to learn how to navigate that. But this is tough because you say, well, hey, where do I fit? How do I, how do I fit? And what did the scriptures say about me? And as we've been discussing and then with most recently with the New Testament scriptures, we, we see, I mean, the words are very clear. I mean, they're really not ambiguous if you if you're a strict constructionist right if you just look at them on their face and how they're written they're very clear i mean we have first corinthians 14 let your women keep silent in the churches i mean and silence doesn't mean talk silence means be quiet i don't want to hear a peep out of you and then we get into um paul's instruction to um, timothy and especially in the first epistle and you know that's the go-to one first timothy chapter two um we said let a what let a woman learn in submission with all silence i mean just don't open your mouth at all. And then, of course, we have First Timothy chapter three. You know, you're talking about husband of, of the, if you're going to have a position of authority, that you got to be the uh, 
husband of one wife and then of course if there's husband of one wife obviously that disqualifies a woman so when you just look at these just strictly on its on its face and you don't look at the context around them it can be very discouraging to a woman and then hey as a matter of fact even today we love to stay in the new testament but we say that this is supported by the old testament as well you know what hey woman your husband's going to rule over you we, we see what, what happened with adam and eve there so it's really tough but the woman is like, man, how do I apply this, and and and, and what and what do I what do I do? But um, the most critical one, I mean, the one that most people run to, I would you say is is First Timothy um, chapter two and three, or First Timothy two, let a woman learn in silence, and then they'll support that with First Corinthians fourteen. Well, let's just think about that because what the woman, what she what she's going to have to do is she's going to have to look and see what the scriptures really say about this kind of stuff. And one of the things I would like to encourage the women to do or maybe even challenge the women to do is just look at what the role of the women were um, in Jesus's time and also in Paul's time. And, you know, of course, we have the other um, epistles as well. But the majority of the New Testament is the Pauline epistles where most people study and read and quote from and all that kind of jazz. And then, of course, with with these particular with this particular topic, you know, it's the, it's the letters that Paul wrote that most people are quoting, telling women to keep silent. But I would say, um, well, silence means not opening your mouth. Will we agree with that? Just being quiet. Don't don't say a word. Well, because of these scriptures, as we discussed, I think maybe in, in your very first podcast, we have a lot of women looking to see, well, where do I fit within the church or Christianity in general? And they've just said, forget it. I want nothing to do with that. It doesn't support me. It doesn't support what I'm feeling. And I'm just going to leave. I want nothing to do with it. And and so much so that you even even seeing women going to other religions or even trying to explore other spiritual things to feel fulfilled because they just say the church doesn't support me and Christianity doesn't support it as either. Right. And it's almost like, how do you decide, you know, you love God, but it's his people that make it very complex for you to serve him. And so then what you what we do or what we see a lot of women doing is they make God and church synonymous, one and the same. And so since I can't function in this place, then I can't serve this God. And, and I'm telling you the reason you see me smiling, because when you when you read and you see God in church, well, we can look at the way his people acted and who God was throughout the Bible. There's a lot of, a lot of times there's been a, a disconnect there with the way people acted and who God is. And so but nevertheless. It's like, well, okay, women, what does the Bible say about you and, and, and how can you function? So I encourage women, hey, let's look at um, in Jesus' time. We see that there were many women who supported his ministry. They weren't necessarily um, silent. We even see uh, with, um, with uh, Anna in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2, we see that this was a woman who was actually a prophet in the temple. And um, I would need somebody to explain to me how someone can be a prophet and actually and actually be silent, meaning not open your mouth, not speak. Prophets had to speak. It's a speaking gift, right? But she was in the temple, and we can see that during Jesus's time. And then, and then in, in Paul's time, we can see that he worked closely. Not only just did he have women following his ministry, but he worked closely with men, women in ministry. And I'm not even getting into titles yet. I'm just talking about women being silent, because silence means don't open your mouth. But yet, even in, in today's time, we see. Uh, Many um, churches who will say, well, women should be in leadership positions or have a be in leadership positions. And they'll use these scriptures to back it up. But as we can see, 
the scriptures that are used aren't talking about women in leadership. It's just talking about women in church in general. But yet even them trying to be strict constructionists, they're using women's and speaking positions all the time. Really, they're just denying them leadership roles. So we can look at how we practice it and how we preach it. And we can see even there's a disconnect with um, modern day teaching and, and the application of these scriptures as well. But he, he, here's, the, here's the truth of the matter. And it, it's a painful truth. And it's a sad truth. But nevertheless, it is the truth. We know that there's only a remnant of people, that's a nice religious word, right? The, the remnant, right? Who are going to say, hey, you know what? I, I'm, uh, I've had this position that women shouldn't do anything. And now I'm, I want to um, welcome them into these other kind of positions. The reality is this. A lot of people who reject you in those positions now will reject you tomorrow. And they're going to reject you 10 years from now. And they're going to reject you 15 years from now. But yet women, notwithstanding that fact, they're going to have to figure out where do I fit in? How do I fit in? And what am I going to do um, regardless of how the church feels about me or it? Because I have to fulfill the call of God. So in my life, I need to be fulfilled. And as you stated earlier, all of us only have one life to live. Now, are we going to live it fulfilled or are we going to um, turn that over to someone else based on their understanding of it? You know, granted, you have some people. A lot of times we have people who just quote a lot of things because they've heard somebody else say it. But then we have some people who we will um, default to and will default to their position because they, they may be more learned than us. But nevertheless, we can, if we do our own self-study, we, we can even see that some of those learned people may not have learned the right things or they may have learned it. In a way, we say, oh, wait a minute, some information is missing. And, they, and so as they're connecting the dots, we may say, hey, there's some dots that they didn't connect here. We don't have to necessarily default to somebody just because they may have put in more study than we have. Yeah, and I think one of the other issues that come up is that we try to make this issue of gender doctrine. And it's not doctrine. Doctrine are those things that are paramount to our faith. And we have tried to say not having women or allowing women is a heaven and hell issue. We've made it the unpardonable sin. Exactly. And <laughs> and by doing so, all it has done is created confusion. And our God is not the author of confusion. Confusion and division. So that in itself says, wait a minute, there's something else to this that we need to be considering. But because it has become, um, we've become entrenched in that, like dogmatic in our thinking around it, that we don't allow ourselves to know better in order to do better. And the end result of that, or the consequences of that, is the church in the state that it's in and women and families. I mean, it, it is a domino effect when you don't allow someone to be fully who they are, fully living a purpose-filled life. Um, it, it makes the church suffer. It makes our, our relationships suffer and it makes our children suffer. Yeah. So really to the, the, the summarize for me, I would say that for those who are using these scriptures and they say, well, I'm going to read it strictly. I'm going to apply it strictly as it's written. I would dare say that if you look at it in Jesus's time, it wasn't applied in that way. Even if you look at it in Paul's time, when you look at the also written, it wasn't applied that way. And I would even say, even though we have a lot of modern day churches who keep women out of positions there, they have women speaking all over the place. So they're not looking at these scriptures. It's strictly applying to said, because if she's in the church and she's speaking, then she's in violation of these scriptures as they're strictly written. Right. And, and as you were talking, I'm just thinking about, you know, growing up, 
in the Baptist church, I, I was taught by a woman. I remember Sunday school class. I remember women being there. And a lot of the things that we remember, and this is just human development, you know, it starts at a very young age, five and six years old. People can say, I remember that this happened. Or we remember our elementary school teachers and may not necessarily remember our high school teachers. That is the indelible impact that these people have on us at our early stages of development. So if a woman can handle you then when you are your most impressionable, why would she not be able to, to cultivate and add to your development and your growth in later years? And then of course we go to these scriptures and say, because God doesn't want her to. And does that make sense? And that's, those are just the kind of questions we need to ask ourselves as we're being told this, or as we're reading this. It just doesn't, it doesn't jive with who Jesus is and it doesn't jive with how Paul operated. No, and, and the other point is we, we look at this as taking some kind of authority away from the man. And we've talked about this in the other podcast, but the reality is this. If a man has integrity, if he's competent, as you like to say, competent and confident, right? If he has a positive self-image, if he can take care of the house, or as some people like to say, handle their business, and I know you like them to look like new money, right? You like them to look good, <laughs> look, 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 and as look good with the clothes on, and ideally look good at the swimming pool too, right? <laughs> uh, look, just keep it honest, right? But the reality is this: a woman probably wouldn't have a problem supporting that kind of man. It's it's not a lot of times women just want to be in charge of stuff. Sometimes she feels like she may have to step up because there's a deficiency within the environment that she's in, and she doesn't like being in that deficient kind of um, situation. So, you know, men, um, I think if we step up and handle our business, I don't think we'll have too many problems with women trying to be in charge. And, you know, and that's interesting um, because the whole notion... And I'm going to air quote in charge. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, and I was about to hit on that, the whole notion of trying to be in charge. I don't know, when you when you have an environment where everybody is doing their part, as the Bible says, every joint supplies, like we are the body of Christ. And so you can have two legs or two thumbs, two index fingers, two ears, and one ear could be male and the other ear could be female. One eye could be male and the other female. And it's not to say I'm only doing this because the man won't step up. It is, this is the calling I believe is on my life as well. And I think if we just take the gender aspect out of it and just look at who's competent, Who's confident? Who has expertise? Who's experienced? Who's knowledgeable? Who's educated? It can help us not use something as trite in my mind as gender to determine who is best qualified or certified to be in a position when they still may not have the skills outside of the fact that they are male or female. Absolutely, especially when you look at what usually happens is you have a man who doesn't possess the skills and the woman who will possess the skills, and now we tell her to shrink back or step back because God doesn't want you in that position. Right, mm -hmm. and I, I think that does the, the church, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God, such a disservice when all we all have to do is our part. And not to shrink back or do more because someone else is not fulfilling their role. Selah. And that makes all the difference in the world. As a matter of fact, just something real present day that we're all dealing with right now is the whole COVID-19. And as I just watch the news and I'm watching 
um, the, the news conferences and, you know, you see the president and you see uh, all the people that are standing behind him or whether it's our governor or a mayor, somebody who's talking about the status of their particular city or state or their jurisdiction, there are men and women standing there together. And we are relying on the expertise of the person. I'm looking at um, a knowledge base that is second to none. These people have experience and education that qualifies them. They all have the title doctor of whatever their specific area of expertise. And we listen to them. Why? Because they've done the due diligence to be able to speak to us about that. And I think there's so much to learn in the body of Christ just by watching how we deal with crisis, we need all hands on deck. Absolutely. And the church right now to me is in a state of crisis. And the last thing we need to be checking at the door is your what, what's in your pants, your gen, genitalia, as you would like to say. That's not what we need to be looking at. We need to know, has God called you? Are you ready? Are you competent? Have you been anointed to do this? And if the answer is yes, 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 then by all means, to the glory of God, do the work that God has called you to do. Regardless of uh, cultural biases. And we have a long way to go, but I'm very hopeful. You know, I'm a, a, a optimist. I'm a realist, but I'm very optimistic and hopeful that when people know better, they really can do better. And this this podcast, this conversation and our um plea to those who are listening is do your part ladies you don't have to shrink back you really don't if you are in an environment where it's hard to be received then you that's what you need to be in prayer about is being in a place where you are celebrated and not tolerated and for men this is not an indictment on you by any means but it is a a challenge or encouragement to, to help your sisters to bring them alongside of you, give them ample opportunity to be used as hands and feet, mouthpieces for the Lord, because in the end, it is for him that we do it all anyway. And you talk about not this, this not being an indictment on men. If you look at what these scriptures are usually talking about, it's talking about husbands, wives, right? And those words are sometimes used interchangeably uh, between man and woman, but it also talks about the children. I would say just men. Ideally, I would hope that you would want your wife to be the best that she could be based on uh, be everything that God has called her to be when she came out of her mother's womb. And especially if you have daughters that you would encourage them and teach them not to let society or even religion put limitations on them so that you can really discover what God has put in them. And then you can really be used as a, a, a helper and an encourager. For them to be everything that God has called them to be and, and then continue to encourage them, especially when you know that they're going to uh, face obstacles because of uh, society. Mm -hmm. So, OK, it looks like we've gone. Um, we're at almost like at the 20 minute mark and there are still some other things that we want to talk about, but we probably should hold it to the next podcast. What mm -hmm. you think? We can do that. OK, so please join us. We will be back next time to discuss more around these scriptures. And we look forward to continuing this conversation. In the meantime, please take care of yourselves. If you have a topic you would like to hear discussed, please submit them at eveareru.com. Or for church leaders in need of assistance in addressing these types of matters, 
please contact me by going to my website to submit a request for consultation. To stay connected, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Nicole Davis One and Instagram at Eve Where Are You. Now, with that said, let's go be a positive force and lift up every woman everywhere. Thank you for listening. <music>